to Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now in our study as we open the Word together. Why hug a shadow when you have the real thing? And he was warning them. And I find it fascinating that all these different feasts, they do point to Jesus. The, the, Pent- uh, the, excuse me, the Passover, Jesus is the Passover lamb. It's what we're told in 1 Corinthians 5, 7. For indeed, Christ, our Passover, was sacrificed for us. So, the, so here they would you know, engage in killing these, these innocent uh, lambs without spot or blemish. But those innocent lambs were pointing to Jesus. Remember John The Baptist said, Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. So so Paul is saying, don't get so caught up with these things. They're just shadows. I love the, the Feast of Unleavened Bread. They would, you know, not eat leaven. And so, you know, think of that. Jesus is the bread of life, right? Without sin, right? Without leaven. Leaven is a type for sin. So all of that points to Jesus. I, I even think of the matzah bread. You know, it's pierced. Isn't that interesting? When they pierced his hands and his feet, it's, it has stripes on it. As, they, as he bore the stripes upon his back. All these things, just all pointing to Jesus. First fruits. Interesting for, you know, he's telling them not to focus on this, but even first fruits, you think, well, how does that relate with Jesus? Well, it tells us in the New Testament it does. And for the first fruits, what they would do is when they would gather the sheaves, they would gather the grain and all, they would bring it before the Lord and they would wave. It'd be a wave offering before the Lord. And really what it was doing is saying, this is the first fruits. This is the, our first gathering, what we, which we gather together. And we're just going to wave it before the Lord and give this to the Lord. And, and, and it's almost, it was a sign of faith saying, okay, we're giving you all the first fruits because we know there's a lot more that's following. There's going to be a big harvest because we're going to give you the first of it, Right? Well, it says that, but now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. So basically, Jesus was the first one, and then, you know, like the wave offering before God the Father and saying, there's many that are following. And then when we die to be absent from the body, we're in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Amen. So they all point to Jesus. I heard a story about a, a young lady during the time of World War II. She her husband was called to war, so she, he had to go overseas and fight. So what she would do is, this is a true story too, uh, Vernon McGee, I read this, it's great. I guess she would carry probably one of the largest purses that you've ever seen. She had a purse like this. The reason why she carried a large purse like that is she had a, a huge picture, like a wall hanging size picture of her husband in her purse because she missed him so much. And she would take out, you know, when she would meet someone new, she would pull out of her purse this big picture and say, this is my husband, isn't he handsome? And then she'd, I want you to meet so-and-so. And she would like, you know, because she, she loved her husband so much. But when the war was over and when her husband came home and she had to pick him up from the airport, you think she carried that big picture with her and she kept kissing the picture? Like, oh, honey, wait a minute. I love, this, I love this picture, the shadow, the picture of you. No, she dropped the picture. She had the real thing. And you can, you know, there's some people that are just, they're so, you know, caught up in the, the legalistic, uh, a legalistic type of relationship with God. And it's like, oh, you have to keep this brother. You got to do this brother. You can't do that brother. You got to do that brother. Got to do this, 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 this. And all of a sudden you're like, okay, I'm a Christian. What can I do? What good can I do? 
Enjoy your relationship with God through Jesus Christ. The substance is Christ. He's the substance. We, we, he wants us to have a loving relationship with him. In Christ, he fulfills all the Old Testament rules and regulations and ordinances. It's all fulfilled in him. Remember in Acts chapter 15, remember Paul and Barnabas? They were sharing the gospel and many were coming to know the Lord through the gospel and all these Gentiles were, were, were getting saved and all and, and we're, told, we're told that when this was going on, the, the Judaizers, those, the certain men came down from, from Judea that taught the brethren, unless you're circumcised according to the customs of Moses, you can't be saved. And then they would tell him, you need to keep the law. If you read through this, they, so, these, so get the picture from, from Jerusalem. From, from Jerusalem, these religious leaders were coming down. They're saying, they were coming down after these Gentiles were saved. And they were telling them, wait, if you're not circumcised, you're not saved. If, you're, if you don't keep the law of Moses, you're not saved. And while this was going on, what does it say? Therefore, when Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and dispute with them. Do you know what that tells us? That means they were upset. No small dissension. In other words, it was pretty intense. They were pretty much, and I could see that. Paul was a pretty aggressive guy. He was probably just standing there and saying, get out of here. So look what happened. They said they had Paul and Barnabas go to Jerusalem to meet with the elders and the apostles about this question, right? Do you remember what happened? They drafted up a letter. Basically, I'll make a, a long story short. They went back and forth. What do we do with these Gentiles that now love God and they, they have the Holy Spirit? What do we do? And it was, a, you know, it was a debate back and forth. And then finally, they made an agreement. James was the leader and there was an agreement with the Holy Spirit and they all agreed that let's not put a burden on these Gentiles. And I'll read it to you. It says in Acts 15, 19, it says, therefore I judge, this is, this is James. He was the leader of the church during that time. Therefore I judge that we should not trouble those from among the Gentiles who are turned, turning to God, but that we should write to them to abstain from things polluted by idols. So they would sacrifice uh, animals to different gods. So abstain from that. Don't don't get yourself polluted with idols. From sexual immorality, sex outside of marriage, from things strangled, and from blood. I guess when you strangle an animal, the blood gets in the meat. So they said, no, we don't want you to do that. We don't want you to eat the blood. And I believe, too, if you read through this, it's more so for the Jewish believer. Because imagine that what was happening was the Gentiles, they were eating with the, the Jewish people, and here they're eating blood, and blood's dripping down their face, and the Jewish, they're like, this is, these guys are unclean. These guys, and they're like, so they say, Wait, why don't you do this? Don't do that kind of stuff. You're not going to have fellowship if you do that. And that was it. Do you know how free that is for us? It's not a bunch of rules and regulations. It's not keeping all these dietary laws. This is for us today also if you're a Gentile here today. I was so blessed. A good friend of mine, his stepfather's on hospice care, and he just flew out of state to be with him. And I told him, I said to my friend, I, I won't bring out any names because I didn't get the permission to do that, but I said, I said to him, if I would love to pray with him uh, before he goes to be with the Lord or if, if something happens just in case, and I would love an opportunity just to pray with him to make sure he knows Christ as his Savior. And so shortly after he flew out there, this is just recently, he texted me and he says, are you ready to pray with him? And I said, I would love to. So I picked up the phone, I called, and 
And I called and I got his stepfather on the phone and I started talking to him and I was like, you know, I'd love to pray with you to make sure you're right before God and, and that you'll be able to go to heaven because of Jesus Christ. And I says, do you believe Jesus Christ died for your sins? And he goes, yes, I believe that. And he's crying. I said, do you believe that you're a sinner? He says, yes, and he started weeping. I said, do you want to pray to receive Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? He says, yes, I would love to do that. And on the telephone, he prayed and he accepted Jesus Christ as his personal Lord and Savior. Praise God. Let me tell you what happened when I was talking to this man. I was so filled with God's love and God's Holy Spirit. I was being ministered to in such a powerful way. And I was in that realization, realizing that's truly how simple it is. This is, this is the simplicity of the cross. Admitting that you're a sinner, acknowledging that God sent his son to die for you, turning from your sin, accepting Christ as your savior, and he comes to live inside of you and he gives you new life. I didn't continue that conversation by saying, well, you know, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, you can't have yeast in your bread. You can't have pork. I'm sorry, but that's going to have to come out of your diet. Um, Sabbath, Saturdays, you have to rest, no work. No, I didn't say that. Why? Because we're not under those laws. He's ready to go home. He's ready to, when, you know, the time comes, you know, hopefully he'll live for, you know, for many more years. But it was such a beautiful thing to realize the simplicity of the cross, the substance is Christ. Christ is the substance. Not a bunch of rules and regulations. If you're here today and you're caught up in rules and regulations and the do's and the don'ts of Christianity, that's a terrible life to have. Be caught up with Christ. Be caught up in his word. Just learn more of who he is. Be be caught up in prayer and spend time just seeking him in prayer and fellowship with one another. And that's truly where it's at. I remember being in the nursing home ministry. I loved it. One of my favorite things. I would, I was, had the activity, activities director. She was a Christian, so she gave me free reign. And I would literally go room to room and ask people, uh, uh, you know, hi, my name is Joe. Uh, have you accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior? And I would just go room to room and just share the gospel. And I loved it. It was just a beautiful thing. And people were just on the edge of eternity and they would pray to receive the Lord. I've, I've mentioned this before. And sometimes like the next day they would die or three days later they would die. And I had a terrible reputation. They were like, don't let him in your room. <laughs> I don't know what he's doing, but they're dying after they, they, they talk with him. But literally, it was a beautiful thing. And it's just, you know, God's mercy and God's grace was just waiting for them to pray and accept him. And, and then they would go into eternity. And it was just, a, and I, you know, I got to share in a little glimpse of it. It was wonderful. But I remember talking to this one lady and asking her about Christ. And I says, have you ever prayed to receive Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? And she says, well, I've gone to the such and such Methodist church for 48 years. And I says, that's beautiful. But have you prayed to receive Christ personally to allow him to fill you with his Holy Spirit and give you new life and become born again? She says, oh, did I tell you I was on the choir for 48 years or 47 years? And I go, I go, that's beautiful, but you know, you need to accept Jesus. Have you accepted Christ? And she kept going back to, this is how long I've served the church. This is how long I've, you know, I've gone to that particular church. I sang in the choir. And it's like, it's not about what we do for him. It's what he has done for us. Do you know what Christ has done for you? 
He died. He bled. He was beaten. He was bruised. He was rejected. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But the Bible said, as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. Please beware of legalism. Beware of this yoke of bondage that people want to put on us and saying, you have to do this, you must do that. No, I'm not saying you just live like the world. No, it should be the grace of God that leads all of us to repentance and we turn away from the old ways. We, we die to that old self. And I'll tell you what, there, there are temptations in this world that are going to tempt us to the day we die, but we have to fight the good fight of faith. Amen. But the key is, listen, the key is, is not having a bunch of rules and checking off the note and say, okay, don't do this today. And now, you know, I'm not going to do this and I'm not going to do. No, the key is clinging to Jesus, clinging to Jesus, cultivating that loving relationship with the one who died for you, the one who bled for you, the one who gave himself for you, the one who sacrificed his own life and laid his life down that you and I might have an abundant life spiritually. It says he's come to give us life in that more abundant. He wants us to have an abundant life. And I you know sometimes I, I get frustrated with myself. I'm like, I'm not living that abundant life. I want to live that abundant life. And it's like today, I'm going to live that abundant life. And it's found in Christ. Beware of legalism. Beware of legalism. Let's look back. Let's... Verse 18 in our text, please. Let no one cheat you of your reward, taking delight in false humility and worship of angels, intruding into those things which he has not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. There's a lot here, but just for note takers, beware of mysticism. Beware of mysticism and getting off track. Beware of mysticism and getting off track. False humility and worship of angels. Intruding to those things that they haven't seen. The false teachers of that day, they, they had false humility to draw attention to themselves. Oh, I'm ever so humble I am. I think I mentioned this before, but I literally, a few years back, I had a counseling appointment, and the first words that came out of the, the man's mouth, I'm, I'm sitting there, biblical counseling, I'm there ready to talk with him. The first thing he says, he looks at me, and he puts his head down real low, and he goes, I'm probably the most humble man you've ever met. <laughs> I thought he was joking. I started laughing. He goes, he goes, no, really. I go, are you serious? He goes, yeah, I'm probably the most humble man you've ever met. I, I'm ever so humble. He didn't say ever so humble. I'm... <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, that's pride. The false teachers of that day, they were, they were, you know, acted so humble. Oh, we do this, we fast, and we pray, and we do all these things, and we're, we sacrifice, and we don't do these. We don't eat the, the, you know, the breads that you guys eat during certain ones. They're, they're just, you know, laying all this out, and we're just so, you know, you need to be more like us. We're so spiritual. Paul's saying, don't fall for that. Don't let them cheat you. Angels, they taught during that time, these false teachers were teaching that God is so far away so uh, you can get in touch with the angelic beings and they would be, you know, they're in between and they can, uh, they can mediate for you. And that's totally against scripture. There's only one mediator between God and man, the man 
Christ Jesus. There's only one mediator. So Paul's saying, don't listen to all this stuff, this garbage. And to me, again, it's a distraction and it's mysticism. It's false teaching. It's wrong. Beware of these things. My wife and I, we, we were at a store, a little small shop, and this, the owner, we started talking to her about the Lord, and everything was going real good, and, and all of a sudden she says, well, you know, I just have to tell you, she says, I've had a great experience with Mother Mary, and we says, oh, really, what happened? She says, well, she visited me, and, you know, she gave me a message from God and told me what to do and told me this and that, and we're like, oh, and it's difficult, you know, because this experience to her seems so real, but it, truly there's only one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, and it's, you know, it's not an easy thing. You, you need to, you know, have wisdom and discernment when you talk to people like that, but it's mysticism, and we need to be careful with that. Don't listen to anyone that preaches another gospel. It has to line up with the word. And if it doesn't line up with the word, it's not of God. I don't care how spiritual it might seem. I don't care how the experience is. It, it needs to line up with the word. You know, there's things going around just recently. You know, this with extra, you know, too much emphasis on healing, 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 healing. That's like the, the ministry is healing, healing, healing. No, the ministry is Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And if someone gets healed, yeah, we have gifts of healing. That's wonderful. I believe in the gifts for today. I believe the Bible teaches the gifts for today. But we're not to have an overemphasis on just one of the gifts or two of the gifts. It's all of the gifts. And you some, sometimes you, you see these, you know, so-called faith healers on TV. It's like, why don't they go in our hospitals and start clearing out the hospitals? That would be a good start. And the mysticism, we need to be careful. And, and to me, too, it's like, it's, I remember not when, before I was a believer, I'd watch some stuff on TV and I'd say, that's kooky. Really, it's kooky. It's not, and I'd be like, that's weird. And these people have fallen down and people, you know, barking like dogs and, you know, howling and laughing. And they call it holy laughter. I call it stupid. Like, it's wrong. <laughs> Seriously. And the world looks on and they think that's, oh, this is Christianity. No, that's not Christianity. And Paul's coming against that. They don't know what they're talking about. They're puffed up in their fleshly minds because it doesn't line up with Scripture. And that's why it's so important. That's why it's so important. We cling to Jesus. We cling to his word. We go through his word. We interpret Scripture with Scripture. We hang on to him. We have good fellowship. But be careful of distractions. One day... When this is all over, let's say the rapture of the church or maybe, you know, the day that we die, one day there's going to be a reward for every one of us that are believers. It's called the Bema Seat Judgment. And Paul's saying, don't, don't, let anyone cheat. don't let anyone cheat you out of those rewards. Don't get distracted with mysticism. Don't get distracted with things that are not of God. Don't get distracted with, with things that are, are false. And every one of us will, at one point of our Christian walk, we're going to be tempted to, to be distracted. It's like, no, no, just take a little veer this way. And, this, you know, and we have to be careful that we stay on the right track. The enemy is the father of lies. He's a master of deception. We need to beware. Worship of angels. No, we don't worship angels. Lord, help us. But the one good part about this we're going to have rewards in heaven. Isn't that great? Rewards. I'm happy just to go to heaven. I don't know about you. I mean, I look at my past. I look what I've done. I've seen, you know, all the times I've failed and messed up. And I'm like, God, I'm just happy to get to heaven. Thank you for heaven. 
But God is saying to you, and he's saying to me right now, he's saying, I have more than just heaven for you. I have great rewards that'll last for all eternity, and I want you to be, I want you to receive those. Don't, don't lose out on your rewards. Don't get distracted. Stay the course. Stay on track. Don't fall for lies. Don't, don't believe in garbage that people put in front of you. Don't get distracted and don't fall to the flesh. You know, deny yourself. Pick up your cross. Follow the Lord. Die to self. You know, the, one of the greatest enemies we have is the one we look at every morning in the mirror. It's like, hello, there's the enemy, number one. <laughs> it would be good for us to say, enemy number one, you're dead. Old man, you're dead today. Paul the Apostle said, I die daily. I don't want us to lose out on a reward. I even think of this whole thing. I, I don't know if this is, you know, I'm not standing behind the pulpit. I've said this before. When I, this is the word. When I'm, this can be opinions, okay? So this is my opinion. But I wonder if we're going to go to heaven and we know there's going to be rewards. I'll put those scriptures up on the, uh, up on the screen, but there's going to be the Bema Seat rewards. We're going to receive rewards and it's going to be a, a beautiful time and we're all going to you know, have certain rewards that are going to last forever. But I wonder if part of that's going to be possibly, it's going to be like, well, you know, calling out a name and saying, okay, you know, here's your reward. And it's like, here, here's your reward for all eternity. And it says, but you see all that? You were supposed to get all that. But here, this is what you have forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever because you were just so consumed with your life on earth and you thought that was, that was it and that was your whole thing that you were consumed with. And so here's your reward here. But don't you know I wanted to give you all of this? And don't you know that this was all stored up for you, waiting for you? All I ask is that you just deny yourself, pick up your cross, deny those temporal things that only last for a short period of time and just follow me and this all could have been yours. I wonder if that's going to happen. I don't know. I'm speculating. But, but truly, if you think about it, if he's talking about cheating you of your reward, there's another place that talks about losing our rewards. I mean, that's kind of a scary thing. I, I don't want to go to heaven and say, oh, thank you, Lord. It's still going to be heaven. It's going to be wonderful. It's going to be, you know, it's a pleasure forevermore, and there's going to be peace. But I pray it's not that for any of us. They were like, okay, well, thanks. Thanks for that present. Thank you. It's like all that. And you're looking back like, oh, my goodness, I missed out on all of that, really? Because I was so focused on this, on the temporal world, and not focused on the eternal world. So just real quick, Matthew, Matthew 16, 27, for the Son of Man will come in his glory of his Father and with his angels, and then he, Jesus, will reward each according to his works. We told in the book of Revelation, Revelation 3:11, behold, I'm coming quickly. Hold fast what you have, that no one takes your crown or reward. Don't let anyone take it from you. The reference, if you're a note taker for the Bema seat, uh, where we're going to receive rewards, that's 2 Corinthians 5.10. Let's look at the last verse. Verse 19, it says, And not holding fast to the head, from whom all the body nourished and knit together by joints and ligaments, grows with the increase that is from God. As we close out with this verse, the biggest problem with the false teachers that Paul's coming against, and it could be a problem for us, They weren't holding on. They weren't clinging to. They weren't connected to the head, which is Christ Jesus. As we close, it's a reminder for us. Stay connected. Don't be distracted. 
Don't fall for legalism. Don't fall for mysticism. Don't, don't get off track. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else will be added to you. So as we close, just a remind, reminder, simple message. Can we say it together? Cling to Jesus. Listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick, an outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. We'd like to extend an invitation to visit us here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Our address is 16450 Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach, California, 92649. We're located in Peter's Landing Marina in Huntington Harbor. Our Sunday service times are 10 a.m. and 12 o'clock noon. Our Tuesday evening Bible study begins at 7 p.m. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory.